And, uh, you know, working with us through our technical difficulties. As you all know, this is a fairly new show for us, but uh, it's getting bigger, it's getting better, and we just appreciate your time. So wake up, wake up. I see you, I see you. Wake up, get up, get up out the bed. <laughs> Tell somebody we are MJB Music Podcast with JB. Whoa! I'm Mario J. Brown, singer, songwriter, and uh, CEO of MJB Music. And this is. I am JB. James Buford, a.k.a. Pastor, a.k.a. Producer, a.k.a. Musician, a.k.a. I know I'm just, yeah, I got a lot. Just call him my man, A.K. A.k.a. A.k.a. Yeah, yeah. So we started this podcast uh, for you, to bring you everything music, education, and culture. Uh, we wanted to make sure we gave them, had a platform where we would teach on the things and the processes that um, average people may not know about. Absolutely. And, uh, those that are actually in place, you know, they they have some room to grow as well. So we're talking to uh, some some major, major, major people that have had some success in the industry. James, tell them what they can expect when they tune into the podcast. Well, on this podcast, you will get uh, valuable information and knowledge from expertise in the industry from various different backgrounds, including producers, uh, musicians, uh, entertainment lawyers, makeup artists. And uh, today we have a filmmaker, so uh, you're getting good, good knowledge. Oh yeah, because our motto is more than a song. See, a song is just a small part of it. It's easy. It's not. It's not a whole lot of work. Well, for me, it's not to, to make a song. It's all the other stuff that, that come behind it. You know. So, you know, the, the good thing about it is, like I said, we're going to show you every aspect of the song. So, MJB Music Podcast with JP, where it's more than just a song. So today. Again, thank you for joining us. We truly value your time. Today's forecast, I'm going to show you what's going on. Um, our topic today will be the creative process behind the lens. Behind the lens. Oh, We're going to get gonna... into the head and the mind of you know somebody who's phenomenal at what they do and passionate about what they do and just kind of dig deep and find out you know what their process is. And um, today, Theo Rogers earned his Associate of Science in Show Production at Full Cell University has 14 years of experience in production, has received awards for excellence in production, owner of Professional Audio Visual, P-A-B-L-L-C, located in Las Vegas, hot Nevada, and is a God-fearing, this is the part I love, man, is a God-fearing father of three beautiful children. Uh, more importantly, his character, integrity, and humility speaks louder than his accomplishments. But first, JB, before we talk to my man, uh, tell us what's what's going on in our culture. What's going on at the news flash moment of the day? So this was crazy. So uh, I just I just heard today. Uh, well, I just seen from my own eyes, Kanye West. As we know, Kanye West is currently uh, said that he was running for president. So I don't really know uh, if he's running or not because there was talks that if he didn't meet the deadline, would it be worth uh, him actually running? And so it looks like he is going to actually run. And he did some filing on today or yesterday or one of those days. But he tweeted out today a picture of himself on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, All this right. dude is wild, man. So he's going to be the first black on Mount Rushmore. That's what he said. So Easy. That's interesting, man. I've been hearing different, uh, you know, I guess, point of views in regards to him running for office. Uh, right. Some of them are saying, I've heard, you know, some people say that he's trying to split the vote. 
which, you know, I, I don't know. I can understand if that, that would be the case. I can kind of see that. Absolutely. And, uh, but there's also, I'm the honest, another side that feels like Kanye is a genius, man, that we don't give him credit for. Right. I wonder if he's really up to something that, you know, we don't, we haven't quite figured out yet. So hopefully it's the latter of the two and uh, he's really on our side. Right, <laughs> and, right. Uh, you know, time will tell, time will tell. So, yeah, that's just our uh, culture moment of the day. But our topic for today, again, we're talking about behind the lens. Yeah. So, JB, um, just real quick, man, tell me how you feel having uh, a videographer enhance as an artist. Well, um, I think from that lens, uh, a videographer gives a window into the, the heart and the mind of a song. You know what I mean? So, like, when you look at uh, or or just a... I say I say a videographer is the the uh, the television of our life. So they give us a window into a, a theme or a, a, a topic uh, that we're able to see and they kind of bring it out. Um, and so they're very important, especially when you have uh, when you're trying to convey mood in a song. Um, you know, you can do that with music, but it's also, uh, you know, uh, as, as Theo, I'm sure he was going to let us know is that, you know, there's lighting that you can set up for different moods. And so. Uh, videographers are important for also making sure that we, we, we transfer a idea, uh, but it's a visual for people to, to grasp onto. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well put, man. And uh, just speaking from an artist's point of view, uh, it's so valuable, man, because it helps us to put out content that uh, makes us official. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, when you see quality work behind an artist, you're like, oh, okay. They, 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 they're investing in their career. They really take this serious. So it's just so valuable when they can, if you have somebody on the team that can get things like that done. Shout out to Ray Ray on RSY. Hey. Right, Ray Ray. Yeah, yeah. He gets it done. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but before we um, talk to our guests, um, right after this video presentation, we want to show you something that he's, uh, his initiative that he's uh, brought and it's, it's very powerful. So we wanted to speak. If you, if you got that video cue, James? Yeah, yeah. We're ready to go. All right. Let's, let's let them check this out. Here we go. Black people couldn't go from been released. From high school, even when I became a law enforcement officer, I had people ask, could they, can I feel your hair? You know, you can say what you want to. This has been a challenging time for our nation, our church, as well as our world. That poverty level of not one, not two, but maybe three generations. My mother died, my grandmother died, my uncle died. I don't know why they died, because I know God don't make no mistakes, so I just keep my faith in God. We back. Wow, very powerful, very yeah. powerful. Yeah. So we're gonna get into that as well. Uh, without further ado, let's welcome our guest, my friend, fellow Milwaukee native, now residing in Las Vegas, hot Nevada, Mr. Theo Rogers. What's up, bro? What's going on, everybody? Thanks for having me, man. Thank you for being here, man. We appreciate your time, man. And again, man, we just brought you on here to just pick your brain, man, and, and for you to drop some knowledge on folks, man. You've been doing this for, I think, your bio said. 
14, 16 years or something like that, man, that's, that says a lot, bro. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't mind, yeah, we're going to jump right into it, bro. Uh, so we can, you know, give you the best that we, I mean, give the people the best that we have with this short amount of time. So uh, the first question I want to ask you, man, is how did you get your start into the filmmaker industry and what were some of the steps that you that you took to get where you are? So you can start as far back as, as you want to go up to now. Yeah, well, uh, I, I started, um, of course, I started, I mean, we all get our gifts from towns come up. But, so I started in church. Uh, I, was, I was blessed enough to uh, grow up in a Pentecostal church. Uh, I put a sound system in, uh, in, in my home church in Milwaukee when I was 15 years old. Uh, you know, you know how they do the whole building fund thing. You know, they decide to extend the church and stuff like that. My uncle came and approached me. He's like, "Hey, you, you, you want to try to put the speakers in?" I'm like, "Yo, are you really serious?" And so I ran the snake through the wall. I mean, a lot of people don't know what a snake is, but you know, it's like 32 towns. I ran from the back of the church, and then we had a, a studio set up that you know we can have an isolated uh, room that we could you know do do streaming and whatever. Now, well, back then, one stream was just duplication. Yeah. But then I ended up jumping from that. I decided to go to school for audio and engineering. I left that school from that. And actually, you know, you guys were talking about Kanye. Actually, my roommate, Christian Zuniga, shout out to Christian. He's uh he's on he's on Kanye's tour. Uh, wow. he's been on Kanye's tour for the past year, uh, uh in the audio department. So he's holding it awesome. down for wireless, you know. So uh he's been doing that for a while. He's been going to all the churches. I always ask him, is he saved yet? He never he never responds, so <laughs> 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 But anyway, I ended up Leaving full sail, I jumped on cruise ships. And I jumped in uh, once I jumped on cruise ships. Uh, all the shows. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been on on ships in a while, but on of course not now. But on never ships, been on a ship. A lot of a lot. Right, right. They do a lot of production shows. So okay. these production shows are pretty much uh, shows that they take uh, a lot of snippets out of uh, out of shows out of New York, and uh, they they make huge production shows like Cats. You know, a lot of a lot of stuff that's uh, show show production ready stuff and. Uh, you get to learn every part of it. And so because I came head of sound and light, I was over everything. And so what I did is I transferred that kind of knowledge. I decided to move to Las Vegas. And once I moved to Las Vegas, I started working for a bunch of uh, hotels and casinos. That ended up transferring into me, you know, working at some big venues. I worked at the Palms for a while. I was head of sound at the Palms. And then I jumped into production management. I started working back in churches. Uh, I, I worked with some of the biggest churches in, in Las Vegas, uh, uh, membership-wise. And then uh, when you're over uh, ministries like that, you have to be over, you know, you, you're pretty much a technical director. You got to make sure that, you know, uh, depending on the camera setups and, and, and uh, knowing streaming, knowing video, knowing audio, knowing lighting. And you got to just take on the big tasks. You know, a lot of times, you know, in ministry, you know, a lot of times uh, we we have to learn our way, you know, maybe through YouTube, university, different things like that. But what I used to do is I used to actually hire a lot of, lot of freelance guys. And I bring a freelance guy, you know, maybe from a news station, maybe a freelance guy that's already out in the industry. And I would let those guys, I'll pay those guys for a couple months. And then next thing you know, I'm learning exactly what their craft is. And so that's how I really got into video. So I started, you know, video engineering, most of the services. And by this time, I started directing. Now I know what kind of shots I want. I know what kind of angles I like. I know what the lighting looks like. I try to build a consistency there. And so what happened is the streaming actually started popping. And once the streaming started popping, I took my time and I, I started figuring out that, that beast. And once that beast came alive, then I really became a real video director. You know, I knew what kind of shots I wanted. I upgraded the cameras to HD, you know, because a lot of churches still use standard definition. Right. And then once I got into that, then I said, well, you know, I need to get my lighting right. I need to get my lenses right. I know what kind of focal length I want and those type of things. 
But then on the flip side, you know, a lot of times with ministry, they grow really, really big quickly. And once they started growing, they wanted to do a lot of stuff that's, you know, uh, uh, out in, in the field. And once you're going out in the field, now I'm doing testimonials. Now I'm doing, you know, small things like that. Next thing you know, I'm doing a whole production for uh, uh, Easter Sunday. Well, we call it Resurrection Sunday. Don't say Easter. You know, that's that's pagan. Hey, hey, we don't right. celebrate right. no Easter, buddy. <laughs> Come on, Doc. You're preaching already. <laughs> so I started doing Resurrection Services and different things like that where they gave me total creative control, right? And so this is when I'm sitting down with the team. I'm saying, hey, we're going to do, you know, we're going to come in with, you know, Fred Hammond, you know, song with the Praise and Worship team. Then we're going to jump out of that. And then we're going to go into, you know, the production side. And then maybe we'll do a little bit of drama in here. Then we're going to do an illustrated sermon, you know. So those, those kind of things that really gravitate to a lot of people in the ministry. You know, of course, the traditional people, they don't want to see nothing with that. Because they ain't church ain't been like this. I want to wear my Easter Sunday and have the same, I mean, Easter suit and have the same Sunday that I didn't have for years. But usually on Easter, that's when you bring in a lot of people into the service that ain't never been to church. And so we're trying to reach a whole different type of people. They, they was blessed enough to give me that creative control and that kind of pushed me into the ability of where I'm just putting, you know, small parts of a video that I've never put in before. So I'm putting small promo commercials about giving or maybe a couple testimonies about how people been, you know, changed and, and, and life by the ministry and different things like that. And that really gave me the, the opportunity to be creative. And so I started becoming very, 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 very creative to the point where like, oh, I dig this. You know, I started with just to give the audio but next thing you know, man, I'm just knocking down video. And so with this whole issue with the, I mean, not issue, but that's that's pretty much how I got my, my look at it. Man. Yeah. It's, it's been a blessing, man, to see it ever since. It's, you know, it's just taking a life on its own. That's what's up, man. We try to, you know, we really like the vibe on this show. So, we, of course, we have some questions that we have, you know, that are set. But uh, you, as, you, as you were speaking, man, I know you made the transition from Milwaukee to Vegas. I'm not sure when you made that transition and how difficult it was or why you felt it was necessary. But as, as you know, what I've encountered is, you know, some people, they, they question why you do what you do. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I knew for me, my move to Atlanta uh, was, was family centered. Um, it just made sense for us. You know? And um, when you moved to Las Vegas, like was that... Tell us the story behind that and why you chose Las Vegas and if it had anything at all to do with your profession. Uh, yes. Uh, so what, what ended up happening is once I, I jumped out of, so on the day that I was actually graduating, I was blessed enough to get an opportunity on Roy Brivian. And so Roy Brivian actually reached out to me and they said, we got this 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 program that we, we want to get, you know, people straight out of college because half the time they don't want to pay nobody. Right. Shout out to Roy Brivian, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they want to get... To be honest with you, they want to get these kids that are eager that they don't have to have these, you know, situations because our industry is really, really, um, it's really, it's really a specialized industry. And so when, when you have that, a lot of times people move quickly, really fast, right? And so what ended up happening is once I started to uh, work for Roy Caribbean, all of my artists, all of my, so they do a lot of, uh, uh, I do a lot of ventriloquists, I did a lot of uh, jugglers, I did a lot of. Uh, five, you know, five uh, barbershop kind of harmony groups. And they was all coming from Vegas. Everybody was coming from Vegas. So I would chop yeah. it up with them, you know, in between shows and stuff like that. And they would say, man, if you go to Vegas, you know, that's what we have. You know, you're going to be working forever. And I'm yeah. like, okay, let me try it. And so when actually, you know, 
man, I, when I got to Vegas, I reached out to as many people as possible, and I wasn't blessed enough to get a gig. And so what's crazy is I started working for Home Depot and Best Buy for like six months, like so grinding really, really hard. And I finally got a job at this place called uh, Green Valley Ranch. Uh, it's it's this uh, uh, casino straight out of um, it's like in the in the suburb side of okay. Vegas. And so that was my that was my niche. And once I jumped into that, I realized immediately that I, there was a need for a lot of engineers. And so I ended up going to the Win. I don't know if you ever been to Win, but it's yeah. it's prestigious place, right? So I started working on Win. I started working with the team, and they they got about you know thirty guys that was working at that time. And that's when I knew that you know I was going to be able to work in a career for a while. So. Wow. Yes, sir. Wow. JB, you want to jump in or you yeah. want? Hey, man, you know I can keep going. Yeah. I can go all day too. I can go nah. all day too. Nah, I'm, just, I'm just amazed that because uh, you know, like you said, most people don't take that jump. Um, and so, how was it in Vegas uh, after you got that job? How did you? How did you uh, grow to? So, where are you working at now? I should say. I guess my other question. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna tell you. So I, I pretty much acclimated to to Vegas easily from cruise ships because on cruise ships I was separated from everyone. Right. Okay. So I got really separated from my family, uh, and you know that kind of transition through college. You know, like Milwaukee. What you don't understand a lot of times with people, they don't understand that Milwaukee is a great spot to be in. But if you look at production wise, you only got like four or five production houses that do live. That's like really in fine. Like you got the Pabst Theater, you got Market Center, you got the, uh, the well back then it was the Bradley Center, and so these these places are already filled with people that are in these spots that have been in here for years. You know, sure. they've been in here 15, 30 years. They're not really looking for, you know, new people to come. They already got a, they already got a set in a union house. So a lot of these places are already union houses. And so I knew if I went and got the, the knowledge first, and that's what you got to understand. Once you got the knowledge, you don't got to kiss nobody too. Once right. you get the knowledge, you understand, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, you don't got to sit behind no musician, bro. James, you don't got to sit behind no musician because you know all your keys. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, it's right, kind right. of that deal. So I went in and it's like, yo, I'm going to learn how to mix first because I'm I'm going to I'm gonna come in and flood the industry. And I don't need to be asking, you know, roadies, like, how do you mix? Like, what frequencies do you use? What compressor do you use? What, you know, what EQ you normally do for a kick drum? This is all stuff that I can learn on my own. And the blessed thing about it is once I jumped on cruise ships, I was mixing every kind of band you can right. I was mixing roastery strings. That means like a string quartet. I'm mixing on, on production. On, on, on production, I'm mixing like a 52 input channel board where I got everything from vocals, background vocals, lead vocals. So they do they do a four they do a four uh, a four a four team set where it's just like a soprano and alto, which is the main two leads, and then they do a, a, a tenor and a, a bass. And so that's how they just structure everything. And so if there's four people singing lead. If one of them gets sick, the other three can take the parts and stuff like that. But then also, I had all the tracks. So I had 52 tracks as well as 52 inputs. So if the bass player gets sick on the, on the cruise ship, I can throw in the bass. If wow. the drummer's not sick today, you know, say so we invade out the drums and not put the setup. And the band was in the pit. So, like, that's where I got my chops at. I started learning how to mix crazy. And so once I started getting that ability to mix... Then when I went to Vegas, I didn't tell nobody that I could mix. I just was acting like this, like an AB tech. Like, oh, I'm going to go. But when I got my opportunity, I'm going to snap. I'm right. going to go down. You know what I'm saying? And so the transition of, of living in Las Vegas was, was it was wild for me. But I really, I really stayed in my work. I, you know, a lot of times, you know, we can get distracted by being in different environments. But if you, if you separate yourself from what you was used to, 
a lot of times you'll just adapt to what the work ethic is and why you did you know, because the, the, the hardest thing is being at home and you know, you know how it is, Mario, working from the crib. When you're working from the crib, working from home, especially now that everything is going down with, with the virus COVID, and everything, yeah, yeah. when you work from home, you get distracted from all kind of stuff. You know, the kids don't run in for a little bit. Maybe, you know, your wife wants you to go and pick, take out the trash or something like that. And that's no problem. You know, be down to do it. But, you know, if you was at work, you would just be working. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. And so I really just try to focus once I got the babies, just focus on the task at hand and not worry about, you know, being homesick and different things like that. And everything will play its place. Yeah, everything well, will take its place, you know? Yeah. Man, you said something that uh, was key. Um, I think that one of the keys to success, a major key, is adapting, knowing how wow. to adapt. Because you, you you know we don't know when we're going to be faced with challenges and what that challenge may be or you know what that moment may feel like and uh, just having the ability to to adapt man that's so key and a lot of people don't have it like that because they're so used to comfort you know what I mean and, and having to adapt is is very uncomfortable you know right so the people that uh, succeed have learned and mastered how to adapt in whatever situations that may come. Um, you have to adapt in anything that's going to be successful. In a marriage, you know, I've been married 13 years and I'm still adapting, you know. Um, so I'm glad you kind of brought that out because, you know, it's, 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 we face tough times and I'm hoping that, you know, people that are listening will, will pick that up. It's like, you know, I have to learn how to adapt. And it's okay sometimes to get out of your comfort zone. If you really want to grow, you're going to have to learn how to adapt. And so... Um, I do want to ask you, um, so let's say a local artist, you know, they see your work and they, they, they reach out to hire you. So they hit you up on IG or your, your email or whatever. And they say, hey, take, so I want you to take us through the process and what happens next. Um, you know, what, what steps do you take once you meet somebody that wants uh, to work with you? Like, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is, do you sit down and, and try to, you know, uh, get to know them to see what they're, what is it that, that they're trying to accomplish first or what's your process? So, yeah, most times, uh, I, I, I usually ask, I just had a band hit me up recently. You know, I don't really mix that much, but, you know, I got all the gear, I got all the contacts and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, due to, to this, we, you know, we got to hustle where we hustle, right? And so, uh, I had a band reach out to me. They they, they got a, a wedding uh, coming up in Vegas, and, you know, they're doing a rooftop, you know, reception, which is dope. And I'm like, okay, how many people in the band? And like, it's five, five guys in the back. You got an input list. Input list. All... People need to have an input list. Do you understand what an input is? So if you got a, so if you have a band, say for instance you have a band, and you have a drummer, you got a keyboard player, you got a guitarist, you got a bass player, and you got uh, let's give another guy and, and three vocals, right? So you got a five-piece band with some vocals and stuff like that. You have to give me an input list and say I'm gonna have a kick. I'm gonna have three times. I'm going to have a hi-hat. I'm going to have two overheads type of deal. And so that means that I take those inputs and put them into my console so I can mix them. The reason why you want more inputs is so that in case we ever want to record, because if, you run, if you're in the digital world right now, you want to be able to record everything all the time. Anytime you're a live band, always record input by input. That means one by one, right? So you can go into Logic, you can go to the window, you can go to Pro Tools, whatever. So then the next input would be the bass you want that as another input the next input would be the guitar the next input would if you if you're doing keyboards it should be left and right so you always should do stereo so in case you don't understand there's a left and right is coming out of each board 
Uh, if you're doing a B3, you should throw up two 57s at. If you at a church, you should have three mics on your lesson. You should have one on the on the, on, on the horn, right side of the horn, a 57 on there, and another one on the other side of the horn. And then you should have probably a B52, a low one, on the low frequency. And so anytime you're doing any of that kind of stuff, you should always have. And so those inputs I will put into my board. I will make sure that you're good. We will record it. And then you'll be straight. And you can always use that stuff later. And you can just overdub the vocals. Or if the vocals was hot that night, you can use those vocals. So that always always do that kind of stuff. I know I'm talking a lot about sound. We got to get back to the video. <laughs> yeah. I was you know just getting ready to steer you, steer you back. And you know, okay. it's, you know, and no, no, it's all good, man. Um, I, I give you credit for being, um, you know, well-versed. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Like, you, you can get it any, any way. So you're going to... The things that's inside you is gonna come out. So you are passionate about sound, you are passionate about video. So I, I love it, man. It's all really? it's our people, man. Our people need to know how to do it the right way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and you know, us as people, we gotta do everything on a high level anyway. You know why? Because we gotta be the best at what we do. Most times if we're gonna be trying to be stuck out in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well so, um I'm just so, gonna ask, how does that how does the audio play in part? into your video knowledge. Is they, do they work hand in hand? Right, yeah, most definitely. I just recently did an interview. I, I just recently did an interview on, on, on TMJ4 as well as uh, 58, and they passed me the live. You know, I said, don't worry about it, and I live myself up, because that's what I do, you know what I'm saying? And so, you gotta understand, like, if you don't if you don't capture the audio the correct way, it's gonna kill you in the end. You know, post-production is gonna really kill you. And so, a lot of times, I actually, do two things when I do any interview. I throw a live on, which is wireless, and then also throw a shotgun mic, which is overhead. And I, I do that on purpose, just based on if one of them goes out, I'm good, and I don't have to shoot the scene. You know, a lot of times, you don't want to mess up the vibe. If I got Bishop Hines, and I'm talking to Bishop Hines for a little bit, and, you know, his audio and not right, I'm finna knock him off his cue. You know what I'm saying? Because if he's vibing and he's talking to me, I don't want to stop anything that's going on. I don't want to stop the vibe. I don't want to stop this flow because the flow is what you want when you record. You know, it's like sometimes I just throw on the camera, I talk a little bit, get them in the groove. And when, if your audio's whack, then you're going to have to stop. I remember one time I was watching Oprah. You know, I, a lot of times I like to watch like the outtakes and stuff. I was watching Oprah on Harpo and she was talking to, uh, and she was doing an interview at the time. And the audio guys had to stop her and they say, hey, your audio messed up. And she went off. She was like, how long has my audio been for? Don't have me talking here, building yeah. this relationship while my audio is bad. And we're not capturing none of this because we're not going to be able to use it. It's just a waste of time. And so you want to do everything at a high level. So have two inputs and and, and, and a live and a, and a shotgun every time you're doing this kind of Because you want to save yourself every time. Because wireless is never reliable. Let me tell you, it's wireless. So that means that it's not reliable. So anytime you're doing wireless, have a backup. Have a backup because you don't want to have to move and lose the vibe. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. We may have to talk to you offline as you know this podcast. <laughs> my bad. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. no, no. What I'm saying is we, we, we may need some assistance because we've had some technical difficulties this week, you know, because we're a new show, new podcast, and it's challenging sometimes trying to get video feed and audio feed and going live. And so our audio on our end has been very clean and clear. But then there's been times where on Facebook or YouTube, it's been like that Teddy Riley vibe. So, right, right, you right, know, right. Just so we've been working through the case and James has been doing an excellent job, man, just staying cool and, and, and working it out. Killing so, um, Yeah, man. So, yeah, like I said, we may have to talk offline just to kind of get some we more will insight on, you know, how to, how to improve what we do. Because we want to be the best at, at everything we do. Absolutely. And, exactly. Um, so what I want to ask you is, uh, 
So where does your inspiration come from, like when making a film? Where does your I know as a songwriter, I get inspired from different things. So I want to know as a filmmaker, where do you find inspiration? Like the video that you just put out, or any any like anything that you've done. I like to speak right, right. I like to speak from the heart, you know. So uh, this this current film, Milwaukee in Pain, I really want to talk about Milwaukee. You know, we we we're living in different cities right now, you know, and a lot of people don't understand that there is black people in Milwaukee, right? So half the time I'm convincing people that it's there's not black people in Milwaukee, like right, it's black people in Milwaukee. But not only that, like the systematic issues that we plague in our community at this point in time with what's happening in our city. I mean, somebody's not talking about it. So I felt, you know, I had I had friends of mine, I had family members of mine, and other family members that were suffering from COVID. And so when I had those issues happen, I'm like, yo, I want to talk about it. I had to talk about it. And then on top of that, you know, my city wasn't doing good at the time, and I was searching for purpose. And so one of my things is like, yo, you know, why don't I go back home? I'm not really, you know... By this time, I painted the house. I cleaned up the floor like 13 times. And right. I was doing stupid stuff. I was cleaning outside. I was, you know, stuff that I'm not normally used to, but I was trying to spend my time, you know, doing creative stuff. And I'm just like, man, why don't I just go back home and shoot the story and do it from an investigation reporting aspect and see what was really going on in the hood. And so when I went back, I just fell in love with the story and I just kept shooting and kept shooting. And uh, shout out to my co-director, Linda Hammer. And she, she really helped me get, you know, recruit a lot of these black leaders because I wanted to talk to the African-American leaders that people would listen to. You know, I wanted to talk to people that uh, that that would, you know, we gonna, we only going to listen to our people. So I wanted to get my whole, you know, my whole black community and the leaders, you know, spiritually, uh, educationally, you know, uh, political, you know, just to speak from that, from that aspect. Wow. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was really good. I was going to ask you what made you choose the specific leaders that you chose because uh, um, I, you know, it, I guess I'll just ask you that. What what made you choose the specific leaders that you chose? I think you kind of mentioned it, but um, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. So like, uh, uh, I got Senator Lena Taylor because I knew she. First of all, she she's a, a, a beautiful person. On top of that, she's very smart. Right. And it takes it takes hard for our black women. We uh, our black men salute to our black women. They go through a lot of stuff. You know, they 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 accept us for who we are a lot of times, but they fight they fight fights that we can't fight. You know what I'm right. saying? A lot of things like that. But because she was a senator, I know she was in the political realm. I knew that she was gonna be uh, a great a great leader. I talk, uh, I, 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 I don't want to go with everybody and say all the all the immaculate things about it, but I wanted to get that people that I knew was being successful in their field. Right. So if you're successful in your field, if you ain't got no lean on the church, if you ain't, if your church still looks the same as it did 10 years ago, you ain't still renting a whole bunch of building funds, I'm down with you. You know what I'm saying? Because that takes a lot. It's a business at the end of the day. It's still a business. You know what I'm saying? And so I, and I did that from that aspect. I wanted to do black business owners that, you know, know the struggle, that uh, have uh, direct resources. And I just wanted to do people that just were in in our in, in, in our neighborhoods and sure. people that were involved in people's lives and that had influential influence over people because I at the end of the day it's a it's a crazy story and I wanted to leave a message of hope you know I didn't want to have it you know do all this stuff and then you know say oh you know this is this is what we got to deal with now deal with it I wanted to leave that message of hope and leave people with resources that they can you know walk away with the movie with. yeah 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 that's good. So I want to ask a technical question, man, because there's some people now I may not get this because it's not my lane, but I know I, I just was kind of kind of scrolling through seeing who was online and watching and listening. And I see 
some photographers and some videographers on here. So can you speak to just uh, equipment? Like what's, what do you feel like is top of the line equipment to get the job done? And, um, and you know, maybe kind of just speak on some of those things. Don't hold I mean, back. If I had, right, right, right. If I had some RE cameras, I would love to do that, you know. But, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, you can shoot anything you want right now if you had the correct lighting and you got the correct lens. Even if it's on a DSLR, you know. Like, at the end of the day, I mean, I know some guys is doing stuff with, with lenses on top of iPhones, right? But you got to get your lighting right. You, you have to invest in your lighting. you got to understand what your shot is. Invest in a director of photography. Invest in a guy that does this. You know, invest in a person that's going to paint a bunch of pictures for you. And when I say paint a bunch of pictures, make sure that every shot that you take and that you understand that it's a picture. Like, make it make it to be in a cinematic shot. And so that comes with, you know, persistence. And you, I mean, you understand how long it takes you to make a song, right? So sometimes you might be vibing and you might just get the song off the first rip. Like, oh, this is the hook. Boom. That's the same thing with the vibe with a with a shot. Like I'll sit I sit around sometimes with my director of photography and my two camera guys or whoever, and I'm like, yo, I like this shot. Can we try it? And they're like, well, you know, that's not really you know how we normally do it, but we'll try it, and it'd be dope. It'd be what I felt like I felt for the mood at that time. So you got to make sure that and just always make sure everything is in focus. All right, and have your balance. Make sure that. I mean, this this when I see like you know a couple of music videos, I'm like, bro, man, just get something that's in focus. I love, I really love the Black Magic line. And don't want yeah, to shout yeah. out to Black Magic. Yeah, Black Magic. But I really like, yeah, man, I really like all these cinema cameras and I mean, it's it's dope, man. I, I think I think that you can make what you want to happen as long as you can put in your budget. Go and rent some DSLRs. You can go and rent anything these days if you want to spend a week. And rent something for a week, it ain't gonna be that expensive. Get an external monitor that you can just double check how the footage look and stuff while your while your 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 camera guys are shooting and stuff like that. And start there. Like don't try to go and break the bank just to do a do do a do a short film or whatever. Just start where you can start with a budget that you can get the job done. Cause that's what it's all about. You gotta you gotta get in there. I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm gonna try to do it by by doing it. Like working by doing it, learning by doing. It. Right, so like I, this is my type of way. Like I just want to handle it. I want to see it. Like show me it. And uh, I like, I really like depth of field. So I, I use a different lot, a lot of lenses. I like the thirty-five, of course, but I use a, t- a ton of different lenses. But the best way to do it is like trying to see what kind of shots you're trying to take, and then go from there. Okay. In terms of uh, pricing, man, um, what type of earning potential does a video videographer slash filmmaker like? Can you can you make and that's that's one part of it. So like, what's 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 the top that you can kind of make? And then also, um, what are some of the fees that you would charge uh, a person, either a, a signed artist or a unsigned artist? Kind of what? How do you figure out what the um, you know what to charge? Um, so a lot of times, uh, so I, I mean, the potential is is enormous, right? So I mean, there's been certain projects that. You know, I had no idea that they had a huge budget. I mean, the more corporate stuff that, you know, I used to do a lot of corporate stuff. The corporate stuff is in, you know, you just name your price kind of deal. And so when we say a name, we say in the tens of thousands for small, small stuff, you know, small, small potatoes. But as far as like your potential work that you do, you don't expect nothing. Do what you need to do for you. So if it don't work for what you're doing and you don't believe in it, you can't work for money. Like money ain't that, it's gonna happen. But the potential 
that you're going to get out of it. Like, my vision is working for me, you know. I, I wouldn't expect to be in this place right now talking to you about video. I can never see that this would ever happen because I never seen myself behind the lens like that until I jumped into it, right? And so I just came in with a vision. But as far as um, uh, what I would charge an artist, I mean, I would charge the artist a day rate. So I would say, hey, if you want to do something, this is how much it's going to cost for this day. If you're trying, you know, let's plan it out. Let's write the script out, let's storyboard it out. If you storyboard it out, you script it out, and you understand exactly what you want, I'm going to be very specific on what you need to do to get what you want. And, so and who that's one the storyboard? Is that something that you do or the artist does? I do that. I, 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 I do that a lot. But if the, if the artist understands what the storyboard, just go on YouTube. YouTube University. I mean, like half the time, I mean, a lot of times my cousins hit me up like, yo, what should I do? What should I do? I'm like, man, did you YouTube it before you call me? Did you Google it before you call me? Be resourceful and understand what you want because when you come to the table and you present it to me, then I'm going to be like, okay, he's professional. He knows exactly what he wants. I don't have to think for him. And it's gonna be a lot easier on my side, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you up. I'm gonna work with you. I'm gonna work with you just because I see your passion. A lot of times, when you see somebody working hard and they're trying to do something for them, man, I, don't, I love to get free knowledge. That's what we all good at. We all good at as teachers, right? right? And so, like, I mean, even James, like, James, if I came to James, like, bro, man, I can't play an E. He gonna show me how to play an E just because he's seen me playing the E flat for a long time. Absolutely. Right? And that's the, my that's my key, bro. I can play an E flat. That's it. <laughs> JB, I don't know if you had any other questions, but I definitely want to find out, like, what type of team does it take to accomplish some of the things that come across the table? That's a great question. Um, you know, do you, do you come do you come with 10 other guys behind you? Is it just three, or can you knock it out by yourself? Or, you know, what's sufficient for you? So with, with the documentary, I did more about my five guys today, right? And so uh, most times... Are those freelancers? Uh, was that? No, I, was, I didn't do no acting because it's a doc. So I only had to do uh, a, a grip, two two uh, two camera guys, and then most times a PR guy and just the interviewee. You know, so most times I was doing that that kind of setup. And my my DP was luckily one of my camera guys, right? And so um, that that was the cool thing about docs. And the reason why I keep a PR guy because when I when I get People that that are walking, when I get politicians, when I get uh, ministers that are walking into the room, I want them to feel comfortable. You know, half the time I'm trying to make sure that they got what they need. I'm trying to make sure that uh, uh, they're comfortable. And so when it's time for the interview, then they're ready to pour out, you know, whatever situation they're going through. And so when you have those 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 type of people on say, you want to be organized. Ain't nothing like, you know, coming to a spot and ain't nobody organized. You know, you don't want nobody coming. You know Mario to the to to the to the studio, and then they ain't got their stuff together. You know what I'm saying? You want to go to the studio, and they got the engineer sitting there, they got the mic ready, they got the vocal. You know, it's it's cool in the room. It's not burning up in the room. You you know all these things and stuff that you can you can be you know really really professional. Once the you know once people know that you're professional and they're ready to work and they okay that you know you have technical difficulties and different things like that. And because they're used to that, they're used right. to that. But ain't nothing like professionalism. There's nothing in the world like professionalism, and that's on yeah. all of. That means showing up on time. That's making sure that you're sending out those emails. That's making sure that you're responding to people. That's making sure that you're saying thank you, God bless you. What can I do for you? Let's work together. You know that kind of thing. 
that I mean, you can't pay for that. That's just that's just way business is, and and people will respect you ten times more and be willing to help you in whatever capacity you have. Professionalism and what can I do for you? <laughs> what can I do for you goes a long way. It does. Way. It does because people don't understand, man. You got so many people that come to you. You know, with their hands out, right, and nothing to bring, man. Right, and, uh, right. Your gift is what makes room for you. Come on here, man. You come bringing something. You know, it opens up doors. It opens up opportunities. It opens up trust. Like there's, there's so many people that I'm connected to that I could probably call and ask a favor from, but I, I don't do that. You know, because my relationship is, is, it's not about that. You know what I mean? I, I, I care more about growing as, uh, you know, growing in the relationship. And, and what can what can I do? So I'm thinking about you know how can I how can I be a blessing? Because you know being a blessing it brings blessings in return. Absolutely. You know, so there's so many talented people out here, but they and they they just it's all about the money, and they wonder why they don't they're still in the same place. You know what I'm saying? It still can't grow. And it's sometimes, man, I've done whole records for people that I haven't gotten a dime for. You know what I'm saying? But it's because, like you said, um, they were passionate. And I wanted to pour into what it is that they were trying to do. Um, not saying that that would be my, I could, I will continue to do that because I still have to feed my family as well. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Like I said, I, I have done it. And now I'm able to choose who I, who I, who I kind of, you know, who I bless that way. So, yeah, you, you said some some key things, man. And I, I appreciate that. That's that's very encouraging, too. But, yeah, man, um, again, we're just, we're just honored to be able to talk to you. Um, I see you doing big things. And I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I'm happy that, uh, to be, you know, connected to you and that you would just take time to just share some things, you know, with, with our listeners, our viewers, and, you know, kind of keep them inspired and also give them some tips and tools on, on, on the trade and, you know, so they can become successful as well. But how can, uh, how can they reach you? I want you to kind of, uh, maybe share your social media handles so they can get in contact with you. Yes, reach me at milwaukeeinpain.com. Milwaukee, I N. P-A-I-N.com. And you can reach me there. You can sign up to our email address and we'll give you uh, all the updates as soon as they come out. And you can check out the trailer and everything and all my info is right there. And then you can go uh, to About Us and you can know exactly what we stand for, Humble Ambitious Media. And we're a visual company and we're trying to impact Milwaukee right now and make sure that we bring all the social issues to light of what's going on in our city and our community. Yeah, salute to you, What's man, up? for going back home yeah. and doing some things. Um, like I said, he's residing in Las Vegas, but he's he's taking it back home so that he, he's not forgetting about where he comes from. And that's that's so that's huge. And that's dope. Uh, Milltown, Milltown, more represent. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, yeah, hey man, it's been a heck of a week, huh? Woo! <laughs> we'll have to get, we'll have to hire uh, Theo on our team so he can uh, give us. Yeah. Bro, you a, hire me. I got come on, man. That's what I'm talking about. Just like that. Just, Just like, like that. that. Man, yeah, you know what? Week. Um, my pastor, uh, well, my, my spiritual father, he's rest guy, rest his soul, uh, Bishop Walter Bates. He preached the message, man, that uh, that sticks with me. And I think about it often. He talks about it. And it, it, the title was Behind the Scenes of Greatness. And so it's just like, man, you have no idea what people have to do behind the scenes in order to, you know, get to. The, the finished product and what you see. And so um, I said that to say, as we're working, as we're growing, you know, we really appreciate you all um, going with us on the journey because that's what it is. It's a journey. We've had some phenomenal guests in week one, just week one. We had um, day one, we had uh, Dr. Percy Bates, um, you know, co-writer of I Believe I Can Fly with R. Kelly. And, yeah. and, 
anymore. Just, just uh, we had Uncle G, Greg Lyons, who was the marketing manager guru. Um, we had William Beckman. He's had hits um, that have impacted the world. We had Young World last night. Young World dropped so much knowledge, man. Right. And, um, you know, we'll be able to get this, the, the audio uh, will be available on our podcast. And what we're going to do is gonna we're going to push you to subscribe to it so you can go back and listen to it. And, and then, like tonight, we had Theo Rogers on. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a professional at what he does. Right. And so, um, you know, we just want to help everybody because, it's like, again, our, our motto is uh, MJB Music. More than just a song. Podcast, but it's more than a song. Yeah. Because it, it's more than a song. And so we're trying to get you well-rounded. Next week, man, Monday through Friday is when we're on. Next week, we got some very, very special guests. Um, I don't even want to name them yet. Uh, maybe Sunday night we'll go ahead and kind of put that out there. Sure. But uh, make sure you tune in. And, um, you know, I thank you for your patience. We thank you for your patience. Uh, we started a little bit late tonight. But it worked out, man. It was a great show. Maybe you had to... Uh, Theo, man, what what you think about the show, man? You you enjoy it? Man, I love it, man. I wish I, I would have tuned in earlier, man. I would I would love to see person. I want to hear the first guy say, "Man, that's awesome, man." Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Glad yeah. to be here. I really appreciate you guys. Yeah, no yeah. problem, man. We're glad to have you, and we'll bring you back. We know we only touched the surface, man. Scratch the surface on you know some of the knowledge and insight that you have. And we could have, we can go on for days, man. But we're gonna we gonna keep it short so that we can bring you back and have something to talk about. You know, there you go. <laughs> there you I'm go. there. I'm there. <laughs> yes, sir. So JP, don't you take us out, man? Yes, sir. Thank you all for coming. We out. <laughs>